Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to another episode of the Disney vs. Disney Debates, the podcast where we're going to figure out exactly what is the best Disney film ever made. I am your host and grandmaster, Zane C. Weber, here with two debaters to debate today, Zootopia versus Finding Dory. It's all about the animals and representing Zootopia. Once again, we have... Ch- it's Chanstar, hey. <laughs> Chanstar is Did me. you forget your name? <laughs> I did. I was. I was. I was just gonna like do an animal call. Mm. <laughs> but then, then you I forgot that the animals, animals yeah. just uh, just human just speak. So, yeah. so oh. awkward. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Representing Finding Dory, we have none other than Georgina. Georgina. Now, Georgina, mm. we have just sitting next to you your good friend mm. Stacy Hobbs. Correct. Yes. Who will be fact checking? Yes. Today. So we'll see if we're good friends. After <laughs> fact checks or well, not. Um, I don't know if it's friends before favorite Disney movies. I don't think so, that's a thing. So before play. we get anything any further into the debate, I just mm. want to say that you two have started a sister podcast yes. to the Disney versus Disney debates called Disney Grown Up. Correct. We have indeed. That is the thing we have done. What yes. is it about, <laughs> and why is this Disney podcast not enough for you? No, we need more Disney okay. at all times. Correct. More Disney. More. More Disney rants. More Disney focusing on the adult themes of Disney Correct. that we don't always get into in the debate. Like racism. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 And don't forget about uh, capitalism. Capitalism. <laughs> we do yes. get, in, get into that surprisingly a lot. <laughs> uh, it comes up a lot. I mean, you yeah. um, So, yeah, that has been one of the overarching themes of this season, actually. Uh, so, uh, let's let's... Get into the debate, shall mm. we? So we've rolled shall the we? dice yes. to see who's going to go first, and Georgina has drawn the short straw. I have. So you will have six <laughs> minutes for your opening statements, mm-hmm. uh, and then you'll be get a warning at five. That warning will sound like this, and then it'll be cut off very rudely at <sighs> six minutes. My jig is up, you jaded jughead, a jack in the box. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Then we'll take a. Brief break. We'll come back with a cross-examination where I'll ask you some questions if I have any. Then we'll take another brief back and come back with your closing statements. Three Mm. minutes, no Mm. warning. You just get cut off at three. Mm -hmm. Then I make my decision. It is final. One of you goes on to the next round. One of you is never heard from again. (laughs) Fades into obscurity. So, Georgie, Mm. your six minutes starts when you start talking. 
13 years after the massive hit Finding Nemo entered our lives, fans sat eagerly awaiting its sequel. Sequels now are a tricky business, but the legacy of Finding Nemo um, and the legacy that it created is in excellent hands with Finding Dory coming out in 2016. Dory, charmingly voiced by Ellen DeGeneres, was the breakout star of the original film and in this movie proves why the character is worthy of her own title. Finding Dory holds the record for the highest grossing US opening weekend of any animated film ever and is also the highest grossing animated film in the US of all time. Now, from a technical point of view, this film is incredible. It follows in Nemo's footsteps, delving into the depths of the ocean. Now, the animation style of water is difficult in so many regards. You've got different gravity to deal with, viscosity of water, light refractions at different depths, um, and just to get the scenery right before we even introduce our characters. So the myriad of characters indeed are beautiful. They developed an improvement in the Renderman system, which was completely re-engineered. This is the biggest change in 25 years of use that they used to make Finding Dory. What this did was allow them to play around and expand the use of water textures, light, and allowed them to even create the beautiful octopus Hank. Um, they're notoriously difficult because they don't have a bone structure. So that was a really huge technical advance for them. This movie takes the heart of the first Murphy movie and ramps up the characters' personas, action, and most importantly, the emotions we find. Most of the characters feature some form of disability, and through perseverance and the help of friends, these characters are able to overcome their perceived limitations and triumphs in the face of adversity. We have a bunch of new characters introduced here. Hank, the sea lions, Destiny, the whale, Bailey, the beluga whale, um, Becky, this weird loon bird, who's one of the best characters, even though she's not in many scenes and doesn't even say anything. That just shows you how wonderfully portrayed the animals are in this film. Young Dory here is also introduced. She's about 80% eyeballs and makes her one of the most adorably <laughs> cute characters of all time. Um, we then go in to look at current Dory's quest to find her parents, Charlie and Jenny. Yes, the opening act may feel a little bit familiar to Finding Nemo's, but this is a kid's movie. So it establishes this comfortable world um, for people who have or have not seen Finding Nemo. And then it goes off on this complex tangent. So without this groundwork of that story building from Finding Nemo, kids might find it a bit more difficult to follow. Um, Finding Dory, though, isn't about physically finding someone, unlike the first movie. Its purpose is a bit more abstract. The movie is about Dory finding herself. It's about Hank overcoming his own anger and self-loathing. It's about Bailey believing in himself after a head injury. It's about Destiny daring to act even though she can barely see. It's deeper and it's more complex, yet it's also kid-friendly. It doesn't feel like a sequel so much. It's more of a companion piece to the first. It is visually richer, it's more intelligent, maturer than its predecessor, but it never loses a sense of fun and delivers even more laughs than the first one. It uh, serves as a release of tension, but every single spectacularly crafted scene is beautifully executed. The music in this film is also the perfect accompaniment to the action. Um, we have those musics and underscore that invokes the tranquil undersea lives and it changes flawlessly into a fast pack action dramatic almost um, chase scene like music. It also uses the sounds of the ocean layering in whale sounds and also uses fishes and other creatures as this beautiful undersea chorus to almost make the ocean and the sea sing. It also reimagines classics like Unforgettable and uses um, What a Wonderful World as the track kind the truck crashes in slow motion and all the fish are spraying out and Sigourney Weaver's narration comes through um, about the importance of releasing creatures back to the wild and it all makes this beautiful iconic moments. 
The film also celebrates the animals that it features um, and weaves them into important educational lessons for kids. Hank's character traits as an octopus are actually how act- octopuses act, camouflaging high levels of intelligence, ability to change body shape and notoriously escaping from enclosures. We have Mr. Ray's lessons about the ocean and all different things that help to add other layers to this film. It also has a very important and powerful message wove throughout the narrative. It really doesn't have an antagonist per se. The only obstacle is... Um, overcoming your own limitations of what you think and what you put into place. Dory's personal struggles with her condition and low self-esteem are just as terrifying as a concrete antagonist. Um, Here, her short-term memory loss and being separated from her parents are the main driving force of it. And in the end, we see Dory overcome this and be able to be confident in who she is. Um, the tribute to the power of the film also comes from the lessons that we see throughout other aspects of it. We have um, issues such as ocean pollution, wildlife conservation, woven into the plot but never preached at at the audience. It's become a good platform. Um, even Ellen DeGeneres herself has gone on to use it as a um, morals to talk about climate change damaging the um, Great Barrier Reef and everything like that. Zootopia, on the other hand, gives us a range of um, humanified animals, which is fine, but it follows basically in the footsteps of other things such as Robin Hood. It tries to give important messages about stereotype race discrimination um, and related to our own human world by making it a metaphor, but in doing it with animals defeats its own point. They're separated into predator and prey species, which look uh, predators are looked at as a savage and uncouth group, but they actually make up about 10%, whereas our, um, pre- our prey make up 90%. So is it not here just a minor? Minority group again being um, forced into a way of life and the, um, and to conform to groups that is the majority. The target audience here is children, and the complex metaphors and st- statements about race that this movie tries to make are half formed and really can be quite confusing for children to get. And it barely makes it any better for adults to understand it. The story of Judy overcoming obstacles to become what she wants is fine, and the female reputa- representation is fine. But it's a story that Dory does better with more subtlety and more nuance. Basically, Zootopia is a bunch of cliches. Yes, sometimes they flip them, but it's still just cliches to form a punchline. It reduces the side characters into nothing more than punchlines. Very clearly, we see Finding Dory here is the better movie than Zootopia. The jig is up, you jaded, jug-headed jack-in-the-box. Strong opening Mm. statement. Charnstar, you have six minutes to follow that up. The warning at five. Your time starts when you start talking. Okay, so not only is Finding Dory one of the worst Disney films, it represents the worst of Disney. Uh, Even from the pre-production stages now, because I was thought I was going up against Curtis, I'm going to have to recap some things. I spoke about the pre-production of Zootopia and how the themes of Zootopia are built into the pre-production. The idea of uh, uh, disability workers actually worked on the uh, pre-production of the film to build that world was a huge step to build those themes whereas the pre-production of Finding Dory is a long and dark path starting back in 2005 with Circle 7 Animations now Circle 7 Animations just a quick recap was an animation arm set up by Disney that was never actually made any films but it was during a time that Pixar was saying it was going to leave so I believe his oh, I don't even remember his name the CEO at the time 
uh, was going to set up an animation arm that would create Pixar sequels because they didn't need Pixar anymore. Now, this only went for about a year or two. No films were actually made, but the three that were slated were Toy Story 3, Monsters, Inc. 2, and Finding Nemo 2. This was, none of these films were actually made because the company was disbanded when Pixar was bought, but it is, uh, it is a theory among many ex-employees of Circle 7 and current employees of Disney that the entire thing was just set up as blackmail to get Pixar on side. Uh, so that's not exactly good. But then we didn't hear much about a Nemo sequel until Ellen DeGeneres started pushing it, being the only person wanting the film. Andrew Stanton, the director of the film, specifically said that as a creative, as a director, no sequels. Sequels are bad. But he had to step back at it and look at the film as a VP, as a money-making product, and be like, oh, you know what? I do need money, so I'll make this film. In fact, he said that it was specifically the release of Finding Nemo in 3D that made him start thinking about actually making the sequel. Now, uh, do do Cool. Uh, so now we go on to the actual, this wouldn't be an issue. This wouldn't be an issue if the movie was any good. Now, you did bring up some of the themes, the similar themes in Zootopia, uh, such as the disability you say that they figured out ways around them to, to, you know, enhance them. These were themes that were done in Zootopia far better, far stronger, far more intelligently in a two-minute montage, whereas Finding Dory took the entire movie to do it, and it flips, flops, and back. The beluga whale, who is just... He can't use his echo uh, location, and their solution is use your echo location, and he can... I mean, what's that saying? Have you ever tried not being disabled? That's a terrible, uh, terrible Ooh. message. Uh, but getting into the, uh, the rest of the movie, the start of the film, it, it, first off, as a sequel, it doesn't have the stakes of the first movie. Uh, it doesn't have the emotional investment. So Finding Nemo spent 15 minutes setting up its characters, setting up its relationships so you felt attached to these characters. Finding Dory had a movie beforehand so hopefully you know you watch that and then it had a three minute sequence with the characters that we're meant to be caring about and it it's just finding dory with it's dory with big eyes who's super cute i'm sorry this isn't a 1980s teen movie being cute doesn't make me invested i need character <laughs> marlon reverts back to his it, Mar, marlon reverts everything he learned in the first movie is completely out the window now not only did he learn this uh, the exact same stuff about his own son nemo he learned it about dory dory went through this journey and now it's all gone hank is just exploiting dory for half of the movie and then once it hits the halfway point he decides he likes her why? Because she forced him into uh, exposure therapy for PTSD, which ends in a premature ejaculation joke, and now he likes her? That doesn't make sense. Uh, do do Marlon has the exact same midpoint shift as he did in the first film, only now it's about Dory instead of Nemo. Uh, all of these things are set up with convenience rather than cause and effect, and this goes as well as with the set pieces. The set pieces, like the squid set piece, is just an and then, and then, and then. The squid comes up, it chases them, and then they swim. Whereas all of the ones in Zootopia are specifically cause and effect. It's a but and therefore storytelling system. You have a very passive protagonist who is literally carried throughout the whole story in a jug, in a bucket, in several other things. Uh, the entourage is completely useless. The side characters, why is Nemo there? The entire first movie was keeping Nemo out of danger and then within 10 minutes they have put Nemo specifically in danger and he doesn't 
help the story along. It's just because we liked him in the first movie. There is no flow of the two storylines going at the same time. Marlon and Nemo and Dory's storylines are completely separate until they clash. Uh... Disability, uh, it's a thematic mess. Disability is still acted as a joke. Uh, the entire ending of the film is a chase sequence in a truck. Why has no one brought this up? An octopus and a and a, 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 a dory, blue tang swims a truck. And yes, you do say that uh, they 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 crash and they go into the ocean. And that should be a great thematic moment where you have these, disab uh, these disabled fish going out into the world and being, look, they are strong and they don't need your help, but they're not. They were specifically going to, what was it, Chicago, because Chicago wanted a Blue Tang exhibit. And that's it. Uh, not to mention Blue Tang can't specifically breed in captivity, so Dory can't exist. Uh, and all of the themes were handled better in the first movie. I know I didn't talk much about Zootopia, but Zootopia's good. <laughs> I went through a lot of it. <laughs> I was thought I was going up against Curtis. Uh, <coughs> thematically, it's better. It, it uh, it's good, you know. And there, and pff, what else did I say last time? <sighs> good stuff. Listen back to the last episode. Jiggers up, you jaded jugheaded jack in the box. Okay. I really All wish right. I was up against um, Curtis. Is what I'm saying. Well, I had a five step plan. To be fair. <laughs> Uh, that is, that is, the, I have, I did not give myself enough room for the amount of, of critique of Dory yes. <laughs> that I was going to have to notate. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to take a break. We'll come back with a, uh, a few questions from me. Great idea. And, and then, <laughs> and then we'll have your final statements after that. Okay, so before I ask my questions, I have a question for Stacey. Yes. Oh. Now, with fact-checking, did, yes. you, did you do the maths to figure out if uh, young Dory is in fact 80% <laughs> eyeballs? Get out your I have not, but I will actually do that for you now. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very I will, much. I, I, I do need that. to know the exact percentage. Because I'm going to Google the image and I'm, I'm going to do the maths Okay, right because now. that's a big claim. Uh, and each percent will be subtracted segment. from Georgie's <laughs> overall score. <laughs> now I have uh, I have a couple questions. So mm, first one for Georgie. Yes, that's me. Chanstar brought up a very good point. Mm. In a movie about fish, yes, the climactic scene is a truck chase. Yes, can you justify that? I feel like. It doesn't... It, yes, there is a truck chase, but there are plenty of fish involved in this truck chase. Yes, You've got no, the... My, my, point, my point is 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 not the fact that there is a truck chase with fish in it. My, mm. my problem is why a truck chase and not, say, any other kind of chase? In terms of... Are you, are you querying that it's out of water? Is yes. that the issue? Yeah. Well, I think... Because part of it is this threat of these animals being taken away to another place. Mm -hmm. So the on land and truck chase represents such a big fear for the fish. Like they're literally fish out of water. Okay. So it's literally putting them in a zone in which is not their home ground. Mm -hmm. We here have a fish and an octopus trying to drive a truck. Like that's a huge obstacle. I, like, I, I mean, agree. I don't know how many fish you know that can drive a truck. So we've got here this huge obstacle to overcome, which is why I feel like it justifies it. Okay. They're getting further and further away from the ocean. So then that's making that the stakes higher and higher because they're getting further away. Um, and then they've got to get back to the ocean. And then that's the kind of victory. So it's kind of taking that from being on the land 
back to okay, being so on the I ocean. Okay, so I just want to clarify mm. that you think a truck a truck chase was a good choice for the climax of this film. I think it's a different choice from it separates it from Finding Nemo rather mm-hmm. than keeping it in the water. Okay. I think it's fun. I think kids think, oh, that's cool and that's different. So I think it's a valid choice. Okay. I think also an octopus possibly could drive a truck. Just from an intelligence point of view. I will admit I won't argue with that. I think an octopus could drive a truck. I could talk about octopuses for half an hour, Zane. We are not here to argue (laughs) whether or not octopuses, octopi, octopodes can drive drive automobiles. I'm just saying. It was a point that was brought up how unrealistic it was. But on the the theme of automobiles, Mm. Chancellor, you said a number of times that Zootopia deals with the issues of disability and disabled characters Absolutely. better than Finding Dory. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of these films, this is one of their main themes and one of their main selling points. Can you please elaborate on how exactly Zootopia deals with it better? Yes. So Zootopia handles it firstly in the introduction of Judy going through and now it's a very simple montage of you see she tries she fails which is another big theme of the film and she keeps on trying but because she's smaller because people have always said there can't be a bunny cop she feels down but then she perseveres and she uses her disadvantages quote unquote disadvantages as a smaller faster um, more agile animal to overtake all of those things. It's mm-hmm. a great moment when she specifically uses her speed against the strength so of the rhino. So that's at the start of the film. And then throughout the film, that theme is all throughout, through, through the production design. Like I said last time, uh, disability services people worked on the film to show the... Uh, to show how this world can exist with different species of different sizes, different body shapes, all living together. Now, that also comes into the theme that I brought up last time about duality, how every single character, as you said, it was used as a punchline, but this was thematically resonant to the film, the fact that every single character has a sense of duality, no matter how small. Uh, A classic one is uh, Flash the Sloth, who, you know, it's a clever gag of you know the dmv they're all slow but then it turns out he's actually the fastest character who's hooning around the city at the very end uh every single character has to say you've got uh nick wilde who is you know a wily fox but he has that heart where he always wanted to help people but he was put down so much that he just reverted to what people think of him you have uh the the bad guy is literally a literally a figurative (laughs) <laughs> wolf in sheep's clothing. A little sheep that's a, literal... a figurative wolf yes. in sheep's clothing. Yeah, there we exactly. Go. <laughs> that's there we go. Which is another sense of duality and how she uses, uh, she uses, uh, she gets other people to help her pull off her big thing uh, with the rams. Um, now I do think Finding Dory. I'll, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. It does it well with one character, and that character is Destiny. Destiny, who mm. is specifically pushed into physical comedy where she smashes her heads into a bunch of things because she's nearsighted. But then they use the pairing of her with the beluga who has the world's greatest pair of glasses and he (laughs) helps her see. That's a great example of that. But Dory's memory loss is not only just not true to short-term memory loss, it also is just a contrived, convenient plot point where oh, she has a memory flashback that helps her in this specific scene. Uh, 
the truck, the, the truck scene at the end, the reason she knows to go back is because she happens to see seagulls at the time. Uh, the reason they get out of the truck in the first place is because the sunroof happens to be open. That isn't a setup or a payoff. It's just there. And it's just, oh, hey, Dory's come across another convenient thing. Um, so, no, I don't think, I think that is specifically dealt better in Finding Nemo specifically with Dory at, a, uh, at her climax, at a character's turning point when she remembers Nemo on Marlin. That's a big moment in the first movie. And it's, you know, just not cared about. And, oh, she has the exact same moment in this movie. Why do I care? Okay. She had it last time. Another question for Georgie. Okay. <coughs> <coughs> so, in Finding Dory, mm. Chanster has asserted that Marlon has reverted back to his mm. Finding Nemo character. Yes. Can you disprove that and go? I think it's not so much the fact that he ha- he has in a way reverted, but again, that is a real human behaviour. Just because we go on this one wacky adventure and have a realisation doesn't mean that changes our entire personality characteristics this is a it's it's a father figure he is an older character he has a years of an established behavior so yes he learns a lesson in the first one and he goes back to still being a protective dad because that is his default his default is being comfortable with his scenario he's not one to go out with that so yes he might learn the lesson in the first one he might have reverted a little bit but sometimes we do make mistakes and go back to what is comfortable with us. I don't think it negates his growth in this film just because he has taken a journey previously. Is that to say that we as human beings can only have one realisation and one growth and then that's it, game over, if we have the same message again that makes it any okay. less valid? I can feel like... Oh, can I just make one point? One. One more point. One in more this point. movie, I feel like it's, it's a different way in terms of Nemo tells him what would Dory do and he starts to take on that mind again and he really is like no oh Dory would make an observation he's realizing Dory's skill set he's realizing what she does and values it even more this time so I feel like that is an important twist on the how he of his okay path last time why is the separation mm. of the Marlon Nemo storyline from the Dory storyline not a detriment to the film the what? Sorry, the in terms of that, Marlon and Nemo are separated, they're, and yeah. Dory so separated this time. Yes. I feel like again, it it flips it in terms of the groupings, and we always see this in sequels. We have different groupings of different people. So this time, um, Nemo's kind of being the one to step up and be brave and be like, "No, we're going to go and and get her." And it's not so much that she's lost and she needs her help. It's like, "No, we are going to help her." It's not we have to find this lost person. It's like we're going to come to her aid. She is our friend. She is our family and we are going to go with her. We're going to stick up for her and we are going to help her out of this predicament. Not that they don't trust that she can make it around. It's they're there to support each other and that's what family does and that's the message of this little eclectic mix of fish that they are a family. Can I ask, does that mean you're saying that the film does specifically have lower stakes than the first one? The first one was no. an emergency. This is just, eh, we'll help her. I feel like it's a different, the whole moral of the film is different. This mm. is a, this film, yes, has that rescue plot, but it's all about the self-discovery. Mm. And so the stakes of being able to overcome your own 
um, prejudices about yourself and your own self-esteem issues to be like, no, I can do this regardless of whether I have short-term memory loss. I can overcome my lack of um, echolocation because I can do that is a really important message. And I think those stakes are just as high as a physical obstacle. Okay. Johnster. Yes. Can you tell me why using racism as a joke does not uh, does not lessen the the point? Can I get you to explain what you mean by that? So, uh, Georgie said that yep. using racism as a punchline right. basically over or basically undermines the the theme of that Zootopia is trying to portray mm. of a racism being a negative influence in society. Yep. Can you? disprove that or explain why that is not the case. I would say that is not the case because it's not specifically saying that racism, that these specific races are like that. It's just another way to show that duality and not to judge a book by its cover. Uh, the All of those jokes are reverting what we know about these characters and that's the thing. It's all character based rather than story conveniences and contrivances. Okay. Wonderful. Okay, so uh, we'll take another break sure. and then we hang will. On, oh, hang on, oh, hang wait. on, hang oh, okay. on. I mean, these guys are fine. She has done the math. Okay, I've done the math. I thought you'd need a bit more time. So, but by well, all means. no, no, that's fine. Look, without a printer, I have had to um, go to my own rudimentary sketches mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. from the image on the screen. But face on, as far as um, percentage of facial features, thirty percent at best eyeballs. But are you taking in circumference, or are you just doing width? Height. No, I'm doing area. Yeah. Okay, I'm just checking. <laughs> uh, I'm just checking your numbers. You said 80% of, like, her in face. total. Her face. Yes. She exactly. is 80% eyeballs. So 30% I, 80% area. Um, if we're going to take in the entire body of the fish, 16% at best. But I'm going face. Okay. Face on. Where we, yeah. Which is how okay. we mostly All right. see I will admit that throughout the film, you very rarely see her from the side. Because like seeing mm. seeing your picture yeah. there, so I am I'd so surprised me. to see her drawn like no, that. No, I had to draw that just based on my own assumptions because I couldn't find a profile. Oh. Yeah. Uh, it's like because a half it's always profile. Front on, the front. Just take advantage of her beautiful on. eyes. I mean, <laughs> I will do, maybe well, for the Facebook we'll say, page, I'll do a proper it was, analysis. It was an... Over exaggeration, but what I, what I, I never over exaggerate. I, 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 I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, I think that this might be a, a very good topic for an entire Disney grown up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We're going to do the math on different characters' body ratios. So Done. let's take another quick break, and we'll come back with closing arguments. All right, so. Closing arguments. Three minutes, mm. no warning, just cut off by Darkwing Duck at the end. Georgie, you will be going first to tell me why Finding Dory is a better Disney film than Zootopia. Mm-hmm. Your time starts when you start talking. Overall, it is clear that Finding Dory is the better Disney film. First of all, the numbers tell us being the highest grossing US opening weekend of an animated film ever. The visuals of the movie are stunning and more complex with their underwater animation than they are in Zootopia, and this allows a full richness of a world to be explored. The movie flips between um, our different stories, effortlessly bringing us this bunch of unlikely allies with complexity and depth to their story. The movie captures the spirit and the magic of the first, extending the story in important and meaningful ways. Disney waited 13 
15 years just to get this film right and it pays off. The story is not only about overcoming crazy adversities in unlikely scenarios, but it's about a story about embracing and overcoming your own limitations. It's a story about never giving up love, family and friends and celebrating what makes us different and about working together and trusting in each other. Each character in this movie has something to overcome and for a lot of the characters it is a disability um, which they embrace and they work with or work with someone else to be able to overcome it. Others are about overcoming their personal fears and insecurity, but at its heart, none of them give up. It's a, the beautiful scene that we have where um, Dory finally finds her family because they've left that trail of shells leading to her parents' house because they knew all along that she would one day find them. Dory herself is this beautiful, intelligent, brave soul who always help, uh, selflessly helps others and finally overcomes her own self-doubt to become the hero of her own story, finally. Zootopia, on the, on the other hand, is an exercise in cliches, taking only stereotypes and maybe flipping them, but at best providing cheap humour in the film. It's pun film, self-referential and stereotypical and just a reinforcement of prejudices that doesn't really provide us more than a simplistic look at perhaps bullying in, a fi in w which films have done much better and will, have, will do much better since. The film tries to make statements about overcoming issues such as racism and marginalisation, but um, the society the movie creates is literally based on a division between an arbitrary predators and prey, a biological trait that none of these poor animals can overcome. A predator can't help itself being a predator. It is a biological issue. It can't uh, change itself, but they're like, no, nah, that's not good enough. Um, what do the animals eat? What do these poor predators have to live on? Nothing. The prey don't care about it. The 90% don't <laughs> care about it. There is nothing that they do to try and help support these poor predators and an instinct that they cannot control. Finding Dory, on the other hand, gives a wonderful portrayal of platonic love, something that's not very often showcast in a Disney canon. Unlike Zootopia, it doesn't rely on this underlying romantic plot with a will-they-won't-they kind of relationship. It lets friendship and love shine through in a moving way that resonates so deeply. At the heart, this movie is about becoming your true self, learning about what it takes to make you unique and loving and embracing that part of you and becoming more than you thought you could be. It takes animation technique, it takes music, music it takes nostalgia it takes what makes disney disney and to, to trans transcend its place as a sequel to become one of the greatest disney movies in its own right very well done with two seconds left congratulations very vehement uh johnstar <laughs> the final three minutes are yours your time starts when you start talking Look, I don't blame you, but it sounds like you're a victim of the same systematic racism that Utopia is trying to portray. Now, that's a that's a, a, a theme that is never explored in big films, let alone kids' films. And it's in, in today's world, in this Trump era, there is no story need need more to be told than a story like Zootopia. Now, Finding Dory is a sequel. You know why it earned money? Because it's not a risk. It was always going to earn money. We knew that. Zootopia was a risk. The buddy cop genre has been dead for since the 90s, really. There has not been a... Uh, a profitable, let alone uh, critically acclaimed buddy cop film that wasn't a sequel, that wasn't a satire or a homage since Bad Boys 1 in, what was it, 1990-something, 2000-and-something? Bad Boys. Uh, <laughs> the fact that you view 
uh, Nick's and uh, uh, Judy's relationship as will they, won't they, says more about you than they do the characters. That is nothing more than a platonic relationship, which is, like you said, beautifully shown. I never brought it up in this one because I was like, nah, Finding finding Dory has a great platonic relationship. I wouldn't bring this up. Why would you bring that up against me? This is one of the greatest platonic relationships between a male and female character that is never shown, especially not in Disney. Um... Uh, the uh, themes in Finding Dory flip-flop back and forth. They can't seem to decide what they want to say, whereas the themes are built into the film with Zootopia. The characters uh, are, are just wonderfully fun. Uh, Nick Wilde's moment of when he lets his heart out made me cry, and Finding Dory just made me annoyed that I spent so much time <laughs> watching that movie. I've watched it three times in this year and that's depressing. Uh, <laughs> thankfully, oh Zootopia, my. I've also seen it three times and it was wonderful each and every time. Uh, what else can I say? I've got, I've got more time, so I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go into the cause and effect thing uh, that I was talking about with the set pieces because the set pieces of Finding Dory are just annoying. Every single one of them is, it's just bad storytelling. It's and then, and then, and then. Whereas every, every set piece in Zootopia is perfectly told in two things, which is reversals and buts and therefores. Uh, I'll just give you an example: the train sequence at the end. Uh, you'd say, oh, so. The, the, the bad guys are coming, therefore they start speeding up. But one of them gets in, therefore they close the door. But one of them's coming through the window, therefore they step back and they're safely away. But there's one coming, uh, coming and hitting them on the back, therefore they open the door and it pushes it out. But now Judy gets stuck out there, therefore I wrote all of this down. <laughs> Let's go through the squid set piece in Finding Dory. Uh, Dory nonsensically starts yelling while everyone's telling her to shut up. Uh, up you jaded jack-in-the-box. of your narration. I don't blame him. <laughs> I mean, it, was, it was a great breakdown of a scene. Um. Um, okay, so I'm going to uh, make sense of my notes. Yeah, fair and, enough. Yeah. And please tell each other what you like about the other person's <laughs> film uh, for a little while while I figure out what I'm going to do. Stony silence. And, <laughs> I mean... I don't, I, I will admit, I don't like Zootopia that much, but I don't dislike it. It's a personal, I was saying this before, it's personal prejudice. I don't like wolves. The fact that wolves are bad guys, <laughs> is really hard for me personally to overcome. Um, so yeah, I didn't like the movie, but no, that's I, just me. <laughs> I am so glad you said that because I really don't like Finding Dory and it was really upsetting when I well, went see, and saw it in go. the cinemas. Can... Uh, that's why I was glad I was up against it and focused My so much on the negative. My favourite thing about Finding Dory is that it has an octopus in it. Like, Hank I love great. octopus. Oh, uh, just as an animal. Can we go on about how great... Can we talk about octopus yeah, for octopuses a while? octopuses are awesome. And that was, like, my favourite thing because the, the like, gives you, like, these little peppered fun facts about octopus. He's like, yeah. oh, octopus have three hearts. That's neat. I'm like, yes. The, the entire time I was thinking about all the stories you hear about uh, about octopuses who escape yeah, from escape. aquariums. Yeah. There's that great they one about the how uh, there was a... Oh, it, was, it was like a, a security guard who'd walk around the thing yeah. and he'd notice that fish were disappearing from this tank and that's because the octopus paid attention yeah, to his security walk. And escape and then go back and he just eats something oh, and go amazing. back. Yeah, that, oh, that's amazing. So that's one of the things I, I really did love yeah. Hank. I, did, I genuinely do not like his turning point. It doesn't make sense in the movie. It was a script contrivance, like I said. But I, I mean, said. octopuses but might I love, have different emotions. Octopuses. We don't know. That's like, true. That's I mean, a great they're point. a very complex being. So I can't pre- sit here and pretend and to understand its emotions. And fish might know how emotions. to drive a truck. Fish might drive a truck. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we putting this judgment on them? <laughs> 
okay, okay. Well, so, to stop you both from struggling to enjoy the other person's film. Is um, that the first time that's happened? Uh, yeah, that, that has been go. mutual. Georgie, where are now? There we go. We've got it. Number I one. I appreciate you. This is way better than Curtis. Yes. Okay. Better than Curtis. I'll put that on my So I will back. say, there are a few things that Georgie brought up that um, weren't answered for, but there are also a few things that you brought up that you didn't really say. You just brought up that Dory did well without saying that Zootopia didn't do well. Mm. So... Uh, one of those things was the animation and the mm. physics and and I think you're right to not hold that against Utopia because Utopia did do a lot of things with the the physics and the animation. Ag- again, Disney just keeps getting it better gets, at yeah, that. Yeah, and that's the thing. Anything that's later is obviously an Mm. Yeah, so I think... And, and also, although we had the fur technology, which was leaps and bounds above of Bolt and Monsters, Inc., even, mm. though, even though that's a different company, the, the fact that Finding Dory had upgrading Render Man, I was like, yeah, I can't go up against that. Yeah. That's fair enough. So I think we have to focus on what they have similarly. Mm. Mm. Now, Georgie, you, you accused... Zootopia of using the cliches as a punchline mm. and undermining its own thing, but you never really answered for Chanstar's accusation of uh, Dory doing the same thing mm. uh, with its kind of representation of disability, but also making the disability a big, uh, like also part of the the comedy of the characters. Yeah. Um, so I th- I think in in that case the Zootopia does do it well because it incorporates the the differently abled creatures um, because just because you're small it isn't a disability it is just you're you're a tiny uh, you're, a you're, you're a tiny mouse so you're <laughs> you're gonna have trouble when you go dealing with a giraffe um, I think Zootopia really ties that into the story better than Dory does mm. um, Dory does a really good job of it but I think in the comparison of the two um, it is it is part of uh, it's part of the characters, not part of the story in Dory. Yeah. Um, that being said, um, you, you you also mentioned that Dory was a companion piece rather than a sequel. Mm. And I would tend to agree with you. Um, however, you never really answered for the, the business side of it. Um, you did bring up that Ellen DeGeneres was the driving force behind yeah. it. And that kind of was backed up by Chanstar saying that yes and the original director said no sequels until he took a step back and said but money mm. uh, doesn't make it a bad film though. it doesn't make just it a bad film just because it wants film, to make money doesn't mean the film itself is worse but when we compare it to the original the mm. original content of Zootopia um, where it is creating a world that Finding Dory is just building upon mm-hmm. um, I, th- I think that there it is there, there's something that Zootopia might have to answer for that wasn't really brought up. Um, so I think something that both of you did well is talking about these themes of disability to children. Um, both of you mentioned that it, ch- children are the, are the intended audience, mm. and I think that that is 100% true. Um, so again, that's kind of both movies. When it comes down to it, the decision that I'm making today is... Based on narrative, uh, and I think Dory's story is very moving for uh, for not only for the Dory character, but also for the Hank character and the Destiny character. Um, all of these and the, and the kind of how they have to work together, expanding that family out into there. Um, but 
uh, Zootopias is really a story of an entire world told through the lens of two characters. And I think that that makes Zootopia the better Disney film. It was tough, <laughs> but I'm just glad I went up against someone who disliked my movie as much as I disliked <laughs> it. is important. I, I Representation like, is important. Yeah. yeah. It's a balanced playing field. Mm, sure. I'm glad I'm not Curtis. That's what we've yeah, learned. No, absolutely. And, and I do so, want to say, Georgia, you had me in your openings. In your oh. opening. You had me in the first round. I was 100% Dory trained the whole way. Um, yeah, but, I, but yeah, just when it, <laughs> when I was a, a, a just accounting for the things that were mm. answered for and weren't mm. answered for, mm. a Zootopia, okay. I think, it is, has a stronger narrative structure. Okay. It is an original. It's uh, hard yeah. to pit a sequel against an yeah. original in terms of plot because it yeah. is. Uh, so, congratulations, Chanstar. We'll Thank be seeing you. you in the next round versing the Lion King. Yeah, no, I've already done the math. I I'm both like, yay, because I love Zootopia and I really hope to win, but also, <laughs> no. <laughs> Do you know how hard it's been to find, dirt? like, finding Circle Seven and finding Nemo's co- connection with it? By the way, you should look. Uh, the script for the original Finding Nemo sequel is available online. You can oh, really? find it. It's terrible. Uh, apparently, Nemo has a twin brother called Remy. And Marlin goes is he, missing. Is he from Ratatouille? Is it the rat from oh Ratatouille? My. Can you that's please tell me that that's Ratatouille is, is actually the Pat companion Maswell, piece? So. To, I'm just going to say this is Nemo? just more great content for the sister podcast. Write this down quickly, quickly. Take a note. Disney, Disney grown, grown up. up. We will discuss this. Later so thank on. you again, Georgie. You I look forward welcome. to hearing more uh, fi- Finding Dory tidbits in oh, Disney be Grown Up. Lots of tidbits and lots of octopus facts. So <laughs> octopus if you're facts a, are the octopus, most important uh, discussion of fish representation. Got to think about that fish representation. And thank you also to Stacey for fact checking us all the way through to the end. Very welcome. Very welcome. Uh, so if you think I've made the wrong decision, you would not be unjustified. So you can have your say on our Facebook page. We will have a poll up there this week. If you're listening to this, it is there now. And you can let me know if you think that Funding Dory is a better Disney film than Zootopia. Until then, you can find us on Twitter and on Instagram as well as on Facebook. Uh, And we'll be back next week with another Disney debate. Until then, keep watching Disney, everyone. What should I listen to now? We are Castology. This is our podcast about podcasts. We are your Castologists, Patrick Shearer, Liz Best, and Zancy Weber. Each week, we'll bring you three of the best and sometimes not so best podcasts around. We'll also do the hard work and trawl the RSS feeds to find the newest podcast that should be on your radar. And then next week, we come back and tell you what we thought of the recommendations and bring three new sparkling podcasts to check out. Now, will we always agree with each other's picks? Probably not. But hey, you're clever. You know that's how reviews work. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcatcher of your choice. That's not kind of productions podcast. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 